0: Hey, Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading App. And today, we are finishing up the book of Proverbs, so putting another one of the books of the Bible behind us as we continue on our quest to read through the Bible in a year. Hey, so proud of you, you've stuck with us this long, so let's finish up today as we start in Proverbs chapter 30. The sayings of Eger, son of Jockey, an inspired utterance. This man's utterance to Ithiel I am weary, God, but I can prevail. Surely I am only a brute, not a man. I do not have human understanding. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I attained the knowledge of the Holy One. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the wind? Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is the name of his son? Surely you know. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. Two things I ask of you, Lord do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Do not slander a servant to their master, or they will curse you and you will pay for it. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers, those who are pure in their own eyes and yet are cleansed of their filth, those whose eyes are ever so haughty, whose glances are so disdainful, those whose teeth are swords and whose jaws are set with knives to devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among mankind. The leech has two daughters, give, give, they cry. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, land, which is never satisfied with water, and fire, which never says enough. The eye that mocks a father, that scorns an aged mother, will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. There are three things that are too amazing for me four that I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, and the way of a man with a young woman. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done nothing wrong. Under three things, the earth trembles. Under four, it cannot bear up. A servant who becomes a king a godless fool who gets plenty to eat, a contemptible woman who gets married, and a servant who displaces her mistress. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyraxes are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the crags. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. A lizard can be caught with the hand, yet it is found in kings' palaces. There are three things that are stately in their stride, four that move with stately bearing. A lion, mighty among beasts, who retreats before nothing. A strutting rooster, a he-goat, and a king secure against revolt. If you play the fool and exalt yourself, or if you plan evil, Clap your hand over your mouth, for as churning cream produces butter, and as twisting the nose produces blood, so stirring up anger produces strife. Proverbs 31 The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him, Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb, listen, my son, the answers to my prayers, Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed, and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, and for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty, and remember their misery no more. Speak up of those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night, and she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring praise at the city gate. This concludes the reading for today and ends the book of Proverbs for us. Now let me give you a few quick thoughts before we end our time together. I first think it's important to make sure that we clarify what he's saying at the beginning of Proverbs 31. If you have followed what I've been saying from the beginning of our reading plan, you'll know that I say you cannot take a verse and just take it out of context. You always have to understand what is being said. Let me give you a good example of that from Proverbs 31, verse 7. Verse 7 says, Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Now, in this book of wisdom, do you really think it's trying to tell you that it's okay to drink in order to forget your poverty and your misery? I just wanted to give you this good picture of what it looks like when you take things out of context. Because if I were to read that verse, I would think it's okay to drink in order to forget things or in order to help me through my misery. But let me just be clear, that is not God's plan. In fact, this is what this proverb says. It says the verse before that, let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Okay, now if I take those two verses alone, it still almost sounds like he's saying, go ahead and drink. But let's take it back to verse 4 and read 4 and 5 before those two and understand what's being said. Verse 4 starts, It is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for rulers to crave beer. Okay, understand the Proverbs. Talking about kings, those of nobility, is talking about the people who strive to be wise and those that crave to make wise decisions. And by talking about rulers, it's talking about those who wish to rule over their thoughts, to rule over their bodies, to rule over the way they behave and act and talk. And so it says, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. So what's actually being said here is if you want to be wise, if you want to be someone who rules over how you act and talk and think. Stay away from the beer and the wine. While those might cause you to forget your misery or your poverty, they also cause you to forget what has been decreed and then deprive all the oppressed of their rights. In other words, it inhibits your way of thinking straight and it causes you to oppress the things that should matter while you strive to just forget your miseries. Listen, go back to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, and here was our first instruction about this. It says, wine is a mocker and beer a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. Okay, so enough of that. Just understand when you drink, you inhibit your ability to make wise decisions. This proverb wasn't meant to justify drinking in order to lose control of that. All right, enough of that. Let me give you one more quick thought here, because I want to make sure this is clear. Proverbs 31 verse 10 says, a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Now, let me just say this. I have high regard and respect for women, and I believe God has designed us to value them. But remember, the book of Proverbs, whenever it mentions a wife or a woman, is actually talking about wisdom, not a female. So for it to say a wife of noble character who can find is actually meaning when you have wisdom, it brings you character. And who has that type of character? Well, to understand this, you have to understand the word wisdom. You see, in the Hebrew, the word *hokmah* is wisdom. And Hokma is the wisdom of God that is interwoven into all of creation. It screams of order and process. It's the way God wisely designed all things so that they make sense. But the problem is that we can rebel against God's wisdom. We can choose for ourselves our own path. But somebody who learns how to take that wisdom of God and marry it to their life is somebody worth far more than rubies? So the writer begins to talk about a husband, or somebody who is married to wisdom, has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. You see the one who is able to say, "I want the wise decision for my life, and I want to find a way to live in wisdom? Well, this is someone who is like Proverbs 18:22 which remind you it says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. In other words, he who finds wisdom and marries it to their life finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. You see, the writer understands the beauty of a husband and a wife and how they're meant to work together to bring fruitfulness and then uses that to illustrate what it looks like for us to live married to wisdom. Oh, and before the Proverbs end, there's this beautiful picture of how we find that wisdom. Proverbs 31.30 says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. In other words, wisdom starts with fearing the Lord. And if you fear the Lord, you begin your journey on living out wisdom and marrying it to your life. And then listen to how it ends. It says, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. You see, here's the truth of this book. If you learn wisdom by starting with the fear of the Lord and you apply it to your life, you marry it to all of your decisions it doesn't just bring blessing to what you put your hands to. It brings blessing to your entire life. It brings her praise at the city gate. The interwoven chokmah that God designed all things with becomes part of your life as well. And when you find that type of wisdom, you find a good thing. That's all the time we have for today. I love you and God bless. God bless. Thank you.